Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama Podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Latch Mama Podcast is for everyone, especially for uh, <laughs> mothers in the trenches of motherhood. Hi, guys. It's been a while. I've been gone. Yeah. I've been other places, physically, mentally, but I'm back. Lindy carried the team for a little oh, while. Not just me. Well, I <laughs> collective like effort, coll- collective effort, but she 100%. hosted a little bit. How was your intro? Was your intro? You're I don't, welcome. I don't think I hit the note. Like <laughs> the note that it had, I mean, bad. Kennedy could probably, it had a, it had some enthusiasm. That's not normal for me, but um, yeah. I don't know if I matched it. Not I did normal. my best. I feel like it's normal. I feel like you have a th- I did enthusiasm. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about what I have going on in my world. Um, because I feel like. Um, we need to normalize discussions about loss. Um, so this is your quote unquote trigger warning. Although I feel like if you were in your childbearing years, this is just part of many people's lives. Um, interestingly enough, um, Lindy, who is one of my only friends (laughs) has never had a loss. So it's a very interesting experience. Um, I think for her to, not that I know of. I don't believe well, I have. I'm incredibly <laughs> irregular, but no. I'm going to sit on the side of what can I learn today? <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of women out there with the question, and we see it all the time in uh-huh. our group, all okay. the time. I have a friend. How can I support her? Yeah. Or I just had a baby, <sighs> but yeah. my friend just had a miscarriage. What, what do I do? How do, do I, I say? Like, what do I yeah, not? Exactly. So. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. So I guess we can back up a little bit. Um, So Eric and I definitely, if you guys have listened to the other podcasts or After Hours or lives or whatever we were actively preventing pregnancy for the first time in our lives um i i ovulated twice in one month um and got a nice little positive pregnancy test two days before world breastfeeding week started um which made it all the more fun to try and process how on earth i a ended up pregnant B was completely 150% emotionally done having babies, was at this beautiful little place where everybody was, knock on wood, currently sleeping through the night. And it was just, it was a really beautiful place to land after six kids and, you know, literally. even number. Yeah. You like your even numbers. Absolutely. I do like my even numbers. (laughs) And my, um my body was starting to feel like it was back to mine a little bit after it had literally birthed and breastfed babies for the last 11 years. Um, I dreamed of going on vacation with my husband, which we have not ever left our children. There were a whole bunch of things, maybe some of them selfish, but it knocked me on my butt in more than one way. And the good news is, is that Lindy was, I mean, you were right there beside me through that. And you were a great Mm -hmm. friend. It was really cute. We'd meet up to walk in the mornings and she's like, where are you at today? Are we celebrating? Are we grieving? Angry? Are Are we? we, Because all of it is okay. Yeah. And I mean, I felt every single emotion, but then that little thing starts growing in you and living in you. 
And you start talking to it and you start picturing your family with seven kids. And I did the sneak peek blood test right before he went to the beach. So I found out it was a boy. So Matthew was going to have <gasps> you like, did not yeah. tell me. so Matthew was going to have a little buddy who was, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. It's probably too much to talk about the math right now. But um, so, you know, and then you start talking about names. You just do what you do when you become pregnant. Right. And like I always look at like the posts in the group about like, oh, how do I tell my husband that I'm pregnant? I just took a test. And you and I look I always look at the lines on those tests. And there's always this part of me that's like, oh, my gosh, like you're going to you're celebrating and you are so excited right now. And I have never had that moment. And if you guys have listened to the previous podcasts where I've talked about losses before, our first ever pregnancy was a quote unquote chemical pregnancy. I think I started bleeding at like four weeks and four days pregnant or something. Um, but I've never had that like true excitement. I test like crazy. Even this one where I had no idea if it was going to stick. It was super confusing to me. Um, I kept testing, watched the line get darker, but you know, you, you start to, talk about it you start mm -hmm. to think about when the baby's going to be born you start mm -hmm. to you know drop hints to the kids which is what I started to do because everybody is dying for another baby which I think is absolutely crazy and I would assume as they get to be adults they will appreciate the fact that you know as spread thin as I am right now I'm not spread thinner but um you know it's just I know what I'm saying like right now to people who have had losses it's it, it it hits you hard because no matter whether you try and protect your heart or not, you can't control the fact that there's something growing inside of you and that it's part of you and you would just have just this natural connection to it. So as much as I fought that connection and as much as I was like, this is not cool for the first time in my life, I'm actually thinking about myself and, you know, you eventually get, you know, kind of attached to it. So at... Friday. So Friday after two weeks at the beach with my kids. Um, I mean, I definitely had some doubts about the pregnancy because I definitely was not sicker. I was not as sick as I was with previous ones. I could eat salad. I could drink coffee. I could eat eggs. Those are after you've been pregnant six times, you know what those trigger foods are. Mm -hmm. And I could do all of that throughout it all. So I would talk to Eric and I was kind of like, eh, I'm still a little skeptical. And he was kind of team he loves all the babies. He wants all the babies, but he was also kind of like your body's done what your body is supposed to do all the times in the past. And it will do it this time and mm -hmm. we'll be fine and it'll be great. So Friday we go to pack up the van. Um, it was our anniversary, uh, our 12 year wedding anniversary. And I woke up and I was bleeding. So we drove home six hours and here we are a few days later navigating this, thing and Lindy has been a great friend but do you want to talk a little bit about what it feels like to be kind of not knowing what to say or wanting to be there but not knowing how to be there yeah I don't really know exactly where to start I mean I some of the things that have I've heard have been said uh -huh. to things and I don't really, I, I don't like them. I don't like how they sit. You kind of like, oh, things happen for a reason. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like, I don't like all those at all. And I think even, I know it's not 
loss related, but going through the feelings of when I was got pregnant with mm-hmm. number five, which turned into five and six, and the feelings that I had for five months mm-hmm. of working to accept that and one day angry and one day mad, like and feeling all the feelings just coming from a place that I know I cannot mm-hmm. I cannot truly say I understand like because I don't, because I've never been through that I've never felt those feelings but I have seen and walked with you through that Mm -hmm. and I really kind of like that question and I don't even know if I specifically asked you in that way of saying where are you today yeah how can Mm -hmm. I support you today and in knowing that really any feelings (laughs) any feelings are valid and it is okay Mm -hmm. no matter where you are on that day and this was even when you, when you're like, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Even that. So uh, I feel like kind of wrapping all those feelings up between that and then kind of going through what you're going through now. I really yeah. think asking, asking that question, where are, where are you today? And yeah. making sure it's really about validation. 100%. And I think that that's what, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's such a great takeaway. Like when you haven't been through an experience that somebody else is going through and it happens all the time. And, you know, I think we're so quick sometimes to try and compare things that we've gone through to what other people are going through and, Mm. you know, try and meet them there or whatever, but just asking somebody where they are, Mm -hmm. like my therapist has this line. She's like, so where's your heart? And I, and I always freaking, at at some point I might be able to answer it. Now I just kind of, I'm like, it's in my heart. It's in my chest (laughs) and it's beating. I answer it like a freaking teenager. And I'm sure she's like, Oh my God, we've got so much work to do because she can't answer that question. But it's true though. Like when you can literally look at somebody that you're close enough with and say, I don't have any idea. Like, like, like what do you need? Like, I don't, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to be there for you. Um, instead of God has a plan and it's all going to work out and you'll feel better soon. And, you know, just listening to them and trying to meet them where they are, I think is such a beneficial thing and don't give up. You know, I think that that's another thing, like be consistent. And like, if you're not asking intrusive questions, if you're truly just saying, how are you friend, which is Lindy's like favorite morning text message that whether I'm going through something or not, that's basically what we both wake up to every morning. Um, it's, it's just such a nice open question. And if they don't answer it, that's okay. But just by being there, it Mm -hmm. just, it, it means something, you know? Yeah. And then I like I start to think, I don't know if it's because of like our therapy deep dives and things, (laughs) but I always feel there's this agenda to go places and the end point and Mm -hmm. the end game and you're going to be, it's going to be okay. Like over there, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's something to remember in like just in every day and anything, but I think specifically in this, whether it it is, you know, you finding out you're pregnant and you have no idea what your thoughts are on Mm -hmm. it or you're going through this loss or something like that. Like there, the end gate, like Mm -hmm. that does not even need to be in sight. Can we focus on the here and now Mm -hmm. and kind of the deal? The here and now has emotion and the here and now has, but nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to sit in the feelings. They want the feelings gone and they Mm -hmm. want it to be back about what we're going to have for lunch or, but if you can be that friend Mm -hmm. or that support for somebody that literally has no idea what's going on in their heart, Mm -hmm. in their brain, in 
mm-hmm. their entire life that day and you can just be there for them and see what they need in the now. And if they can't even form words yep. about what they're feeling, it is totally okay. We don't need to remind them that it's all going to work out in the end and it's all going to be okay. They don't care mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. It is in the here and now. And yeah. I think that's just a good general life daily mm-hmm. lesson Yeah. Um, because I do think we're just so rushed as humans. Yeah. And I think that the miscarriage process, depending on how you go about it, and we were talking about this this morning when we were walking, you know, I think some people think, and it's actually, in my opinion, a gift if you do suffer a miscarriage. It's not a gift if you suffer a miscarriage, but the way miscarriages can happen, depending on if you have not ever had one, you can literally wake up one day and you can bleed and it can be over in a few hours. And (laughs) I've started to think that those type of miscarriages, if you God forbid have to have one in life are such a darn gift because navigating your options when you do have a missed miscarriage or you go in and there's an ultrasound and there's no fetal activity or, or fetal cardiac activity, or you start bleeding and then you got to figure out what the heck you're going to do, which is kind of what's happened here. Just being aware of the fact that it's a path, just like you just said. Like, this isn't a you start bleeding, you check in on somebody, or you check on your friend who is bleeding, or your friend who is suffering a miscarriage, and, you know, it's over, and you ask them the next week how they're feeling. It might not be over yet. Like, there are, I mean, for the, not to get too clinical here, but... In many cases, there are kind of three options. You know, you can just watch it and hopefully help your body do what it needs to do with just relaxing and allowing your body to do it. Um, There's a drug you can take, which we can maybe or maybe not get into because it's kind of controversial, um, which is also used um, for abortions. Um, And then the last option or one of the options um, is a DNC, which is normally done as a surgical procedure. So (laughs) it's not just as easy as a friend reaching out and saying, I'm losing my baby. And you don't need to necessarily get into, depending on how close you are with them, what their options are or what they're doing. But just be aware of the fact that (laughs) it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line to the the placenta and the fetal tissue getting out of them and then moving on and ovulating next month and having a baby like there can be ups downs curves all sorts of stuff um that it's not talked about enough in the united states i feel like and it's Mm -hmm. not talked enough about in motherhood to really truly grasp what that looks like and the fact that it is a journey so like monday Mm -hmm. when i was telling my therapist that what was happening it was very clear that what I was trying to do and where I was at is I was trying to basically rank the least traumatic process. And I knew that I'm walking straight into looking at dead products of conception at some point between now. I mean, I guess if I get a DNC, I wouldn't have to see them between now and whenever it happens, but it's picking which one is going to be the easiest to process on the end and the way I kind of do it with the loss too is that I need to get this physical part out of the way and I'm sure the emotional part will still be there on the other side it's kind of like emotional for me and then I can kind of shut it off figure out the physical making sure I get through it fine and then I'm sure there'll be like demanding 
depending on how it actually goes down, you know, an emotional aspect to it on the other side. Yeah. And my guess, and this is just my guess, yeah. is people on the outside, if you do, don't know how it works or you have not gone through it, it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to look at it as more of a physical process. Mm -hmm. And you don't see it as it incorporates the mental aspect and so much of your heart. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a really good reminder mm -hmm. that this is a much longer process and everybody is different Absolutely. and you can heal from it at different times. And just because mm -hmm. that physical, maybe you, mm -hmm. it was great and it mm -hmm. was fast, but mm -hmm. that does not mean that process ends. And yeah. I think as a friend, there are so many ways you can be there for somebody yeah. Um, to check in. It, it, oh, it's it, it's it's mm -hmm. done. No, no, that's probably the smaller of the parts yeah. is my guess. Um, it, it's interesting because every loss I've had, there's <laughs> this part of me that feels so much relief once everybody who knew I was pregnant knows that I've lost the baby. And it was funny. I felt such a sense of relief on Monday because the list was done. Everybody knew. And some people got a couple people on here at Latch Mama that knew got slacks. My mother-in-law got a text. My mother knew I was leaving. I was bleeding when I left the beach. Eric knew immediately. You knew pretty quickly. A midwife was going to walk me through it all. But once that last person was checked off the list on Monday, it's like this sense of relief because then you can just kind of do your job and there's not like this. And it, some people, I guess, probably wait until the end or do it when they can do it but it is one of the most for me personally one of the most emotionally draining aspects of it because you don't want people to ask about how your pregnancy is so you kind of want them in my opinion so I want them to know that it's over but it's opening you up to hearing things that you might not want to hear like this was the first mm -hmm. time that my mother like during that yeah, process this was the first time that my mother-in-law who is very religious, very pro-life, very just herself. I love her dearly. She's got the largest heart. I, I love her. Um, but this was the first time I ever told her about an early pregnancy. And this was the first time I've ever had to tell her about a loss. So I was a little terrified about what I was going to get back in terms of God having a plan and all of this stuff that is just really sometimes hard for me to hear during the process, which I truly believe that we're not necessarily in control of everything that happens and all of that stuff but it's just it's kind of hard in those moments mm -hmm. but I feel like once you're once I'm through that it opens up a whole new like relief that nobody's going to text me and ask me how the pregnancy is going or how the baby is do you want to talk about that <laughs> yeah we were walking and um, no it was a text was it a text? It was a text. It's it fine. Text? It's fine. Here's the deal. We wait. What did I do? You so <laughs> I need to go. Right so um, Saturday we drove home from the beach on what Friday. It's Sorry. fine. No, it's totally fine. But I think it's important that you talk about because okay. you're gonna. Well, I want to say what I spoke so I can. You're gonna make mistakes when you support people through a loss. Like it's just gonna. Like we're gonna. You're gonna make mistakes when you try and support people through anything. Like we're all imperfect human we, beings we trying text to come too together. Much. Let's just take so Saturday morning. The kids went, we went straight from coming home Friday night um, and Saturday morning they had a swim meet. So Lindy and I were hanging out at the swim meet and I told her that I was bleeding and it was fine and whatever. So Saturday happened, Sunday happened. And then Lindy <laughs> texted me on Monday morning. She said, is it how are you and the baby or how is the baby? It's fine. I'm really it's sorry. fine. It's it is totally I fine. I was wondering. I don't try to read too much into the text, but yeah, your response should have told me something. It's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine, I but did. I think I it's said, important. What did you say? I said any update on baby. Okay. And then what did I say back? What did I say back? Mm. <laughs> he said, 
the dead one inside of me that needs to come out? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a it's fail fine. as a friend. No, it's, it was no, 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 no. But here's the deal. There was an attempt as a friend. And I know, but you, what should have changed is that I don't, I, no, I, I make you mistakes, know but you know what? 100%. That emphasis should have been on you and not. It's fine. It's, it's okay. But, but then the we had the conversations walking. Uh-huh. And what were you more comfortable with at that point? Um, this, I and I think this is person to person. Yeah, like, so I think you just communicate with person. your friend or with your yeah. loved one or yeah. whatnot and find out what, yeah. what wording supports them. So yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. And the only reason why I wanted to bring that up is because people are going to make mistakes, especially when they're trying to support you. And if that is one thing that I have learned recently, it's that, People are going to show up, and when you let people show up, they're going to mess up sometimes. And it's greeting that mess up with compassion and understanding and realizing that we're all imperfect human beings trying to I'm support sorry. each other. But no, but here's the deal. I think for some you reason you were going up. in to see Nancy to see to I, do I don't a Doppler. Know. I don't but know. regardless, it was, it was fine. I will. It's, no, it's and I don't call <laughs> you out to make you feel bad. I call you out just to I, – I don't I, – the highlight, I think, of this is that that literally pulled the rug out from underneath me when I read it. But here's the deal. We talked about it. And you're still here. And you love me. And there was no doubt in my mind that that was just you trying to be supportive. You know? Like, there's I'm not, really like, sorry, drama. Friend. It's it's Can fine. accept my apology? Absolutely. Okay. I love you. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I don't know what else there is to say other than I have really, really strong thoughts on the fact that we need to be really careful and this is not going to go down like a row V Wade conversation. But I think we have to be extremely careful about the fact that we need to make sure that women have options when it comes to themselves and how to care for their bodies when they're going through something like this. And I had this like really moment of just like kind of overwhelming kind of compassion for what's happening in the nation. Last night I went to, so I decided with my midwife who has literally walked into my house five times and without a shred of doubt or put, any sort of fear in me has helped me have five babies. She called me last night and or yesterday afternoon and we talked and she was like, you're far enough along in this pregnancy that I don't feel comfortable with you riding this out any longer. I really truly think we need to, you know, introduce some cytotech. So your uterus basically contracts strongly enough that it gets that placenta out in one piece instead of the placenta shredding um, and the potential of, you know, continuing bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, which was really scary for me to hear because there's never been a moment in our relationship where she has ever recommended any sort of intervention at all. I mean, not even like a Pitocin shot after I deliver a baby because I'm bleeding too much. So it was a lot for me to take in and it was a lot for me to process relatively quickly because I was pretty confident in my ability to um, let my body do what it needed to do. But she mm -hmm. had a really good, honest conversation about the science behind it and truly had me come to terms with the fact that it was an 11 week pregnancy and that right. there is substantial placental tissue to pass at some point. Um, so I went to go get 
the side attack, which for those of you who don't know, also can be um, paired with a second drug um, and is used for early abortion as well. Um, and it also, I believe, can u- be used on its own as abortion. And it's under debate in a lot of the country at this point. And I don't know whether there's a risk of it going away completely, even with medical use and no, you know, fetal cardiac activity or whatever. I, I don't, I haven't dug into it enough. Maybe I will on the other side of this, but it's not the time or the place. But the idea that it's under such debate, I walked into Publix in Virginia where abortions are completely still legal. And the pharmacist looked at me and she was like, this drug is out of stock. And I kind of looked at her and I knew that I could get it. I knew that I had other places that I could get said drug and I knew I was going to be okay. But at the ma- in that moment, I was like holding like two dozen chicken tenders because Publix has like the best chicken tenders ever. Although looking at them made me want to vomit at the moment and mac and cheese for my kids. And then I had coconut water and cookie dough for myself, which was going to be my dinner. And I looked at her and I just started crying and she started crying. And it was just like this moment of like true compassion for the fact that I was exhausted. I needed this to be over. I was terrified. I was scared. I literally just wanted her to hand me a prescription and to go home and to have my body do what it needed to do so we could get through this actual aspect of it and I could grieve and it could be over. And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, I'm going to keep calling. Hang tight. It took us a really, really long time and it got to the point where somebody could fill it, but they couldn't fill it last night. Needless to say, I got the drug and (laughs) it didn't technically work yet. Um, We still have time. Um, But it's just crazy to me that like a miscarriage is such a hard thing to navigate. And the idea that we may potentially in the future be taking options off of the table for women to be informed with their own care and to make these decisions in a way that is the least traumatic for them is really, really hard for me. And I think that it was just this moment of just being exhausted. And I, my brain literally went to so many states in the nation where I don't know if you can walk into a pharmacy right now and get it. And what does that mean? Is it out of stock because there's an aftermarket for it now? Is it out of stock because they're making less? I have no idea. Is it just out of stock because it's out of stock and she wasn't calling the right places? Who knows? But in that moment, I was like, if anybody ever knew how terrible it is to literally take a medicine and stick it inside of you and know that you are literally asking your body to expel something that was wanted and was loved, it's like the most terrible mind fuck ever. Um, sorry, I don't mean to say that word on the podcast, but it's, 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 it's a journey. It is for sure a journey. And to have any sort of obstacle for any woman in, this uni- in the United States to get a drug that is literally being, being given to make sure she doesn't bleed out on her bathroom floor because she wants to do this in the privacy and the security and the safety of her own house is really, really hard for me. So I know. I know you haven't been through it, but it's just it's, – it's hard for me that we're asked so much of as women in the United States so much without without support without paid leave without government support for child care or adequate wages and then we're starting and then we're asked to have babies and then we're asked to manage this process with I mean I have wonderful support but with obstacles being put in our way is just 
fascinating to me. Yeah, I don't. I just that just it leaves me like completely speechless. Mm -hmm. To be honest, it doesn't leave me like emotionless. I feel Mm -hmm. all the things listening to your story, and when you told me that, I just had this vivid picture. And like you said, you have the support, you have the means, Mm -hmm. you have the money to get the prescription, you have all this, but not everybody does. Yeah. And that was just such a vivid picture in my mind, and I don't think I will ever forget that story. I just, that's the thing. I just, I don't even know what to say other than. (laughs) And it's, and I mean, in that, in that case, of course, the, I'm going to say that the tears were dramatic on my part. I'm sure somebody who says that all of my feelings are valid would probably say that it was just the day and the speed of things and just the turning, the fact that I thought I was going to be able to do it by myself and then I wasn't. And, and how was I going to get six kids to bed? And what was the night going to look like? And was I going to be sleeping on the bathroom floor? Cause I didn't know how much pain I was going to be in. And, and what is this thing that's gonna eventually going to come out of me going to look like, you know, I mean, there were so many emotions, but in that moment when she told me the drug wasn't available, I felt such a connection to all of the women who have made a decision with their care provider about what is the what is the best course of action and haven't been able to get it immediately or have had roadblocks put in their way right. or have had to travel to a different state or something like that. And this is not I not taking a stance on abortion. What I'm taking a stance on is the fact that a woman and her care provider need to be able to make decisions without obstacles in their way. And mine wasn't an obstacle. Mine was just a Publix pharmacy being sold out of a particular drug that I needed. And there were a million and a half pharmacies Mm -hmm. around and I was going to find it last night and it was going to be okay. But holy moly, in that moment, you throw any sort of obstacle in the way. You could have told me that they were out of mac and cheese and I would have had to figure out another side for my kids who just want mac Mm -hmm. and cheese and chicken tenders for the rest of their life. And I probably would have cried, but it was really, truly kind of like a human moment that I think that we need to, remember um how much more we need to support women because holy moly this stuff isn't easy i mean we're being asked to like (coughs) navigate life and death situations all of the time and with such terrible mortality rates it's just it's it's it's, i don't know it's just crazy to me and some of some of these things they're it's not like oh, we can just we can just wait we can just wait a mm-hmm. couple weeks and yeah. get into my doctor. It's yeah. It's not or whoever you see whoever you see. Uh-huh. But th- these are these are quick things that that need to happen for the mm-hmm. care of somebody. And I think about us as moms who don't often take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't like our medical things are honestly put aside. Absolutely put aside. And so when you finally do in mm-hmm. that moment, yeah. I need to take care of me mm-hmm. and you're hit with roadblocks. And now I am choosing to take care of myself and I a hundred percent need to take care of me right now. And I can't. Mm-hmm. And I it's, <laughs> it was, it was kind of this crazy moment yesterday where I realized I had to make a decision and like I had to make a decision about myself and there was no way possible to navigate last night without putting myself and my needs first. And Mm -hmm. I literally had to do it to make sure that (laughs) I survived this process. Right. It was literally such a crazy mind upside down change where these little human beings who come first 99.9999999% of the time Mm -hmm. had to come second last night. Right. And like, thank God I have an 
absolutely amazing husband who was almost in tears too because he was scared and he was just kind of like you need to do whatever you know your midwife needs you know says you need to do everything is going to be fine I'm going to get the kids to bed it's going to be all right but what about the women who don't have that yeah you know what about the women who are going through this but have to get back to work because they don't have an employer who understands or a safe work environment where they can talk about it like this stuff happens you know miscarriages happen un expected pregnancies happen and we're not in a society that is set up um i don't know to support to love to to care for so i guess the moral of the story i guess is kind of twofold one of which is like (laughs) if like my legacy of leading this company and this community is is anything it's literally that like you can't ever look at somebody and ever know unless you're super close to them what they're going through Like you have no idea. And the fact that somehow in August, while I was navigating all of this stuff and all of the drama that was happening and reading some of the most terrible things I've ever read about myself on the internet or ever read about myself in general and having the largest in revenue month in company history, all of this while I'm trying to literally grieve and realize that we're having another baby which i'm sure some people would never understand grieving a positive pregnancy test but it was a lot for me (laughs) you know and now here it's just kind of one of those things that like you're not going to be privy to somebody's life you're you're not and the idea that we just kind of show up and in a moment you have the decision to be kind or critical and i would just challenge everybody to just in those moments where you choose to be critical is offer kindness instead, you know, and you can't always, you know, show up and pay for somebody's coffee or pay for somebody's Chick-fil-A or do these random Mm -hmm. acts of kindness. But every, mostly every single human being has the opportunity to smile. You have the opportunity to be kind. You have the opportunity to, Mm -hmm. you know, choose the kindness over being critical because you have no idea what they're processing especially when you just have a social media relationship with them or especially when you just have a you know kid drop off in the morning Mm -hmm. thing i read all these things about why people are slow at you know preschool drop off and why the car line's so long and whatever you have no idea you have no idea what they're going through Right. I'm sorry. I'm going to get heated because no. I just feel like that we just can almost fix America and motherhood by literally just slowing down and realizing mm-hmm. that you have no idea. And what I'm saying, I mean, is. I say to my kids as well, if you can feel whatever way you want to feel, mm-hmm. that is okay. But if you don't have anything kind to say yeah, or uplifting, because mm-hmm. like that's really just what we need to do each day. Don't yeah. don't say anything at all. Yeah. Just, keep, just keep it to yourself. We yeah. don't need to spread that. Yeah. But in the same way, I guess my <laughs> other takeaway from all of this is even if you don't know how to show up, just show up. You know, you like try. I just ragged on Lindy for the baby comment, but she could have said anything. She could have made a God comment. She could have she could have said it, it all happens for a reason. She could have said anything. But the fact that she showed up it makes it all worthwhile in my mind. So try your best try not to say those really ridiculous things like (laughs) it's all going to be okay in the end and you know whatever and and if you don't know how to show up there's Mm -hmm. a pretty easy solution Mm -hmm. say how can i how can i show up for you today yep absolutely there you go yeah like what do you need from me yes how can i support you what would help you today that is it how many years of therapy is (laughs) a lot (laughs) 
it's good probably though. a lot more it's good it's good it's free okay. it's free advice it's free you taking Take what, what we you have all like. been said and give it back out there because it's going to change your life and change friendships and all that so yeah. maybe i'll update you guys on how this whole saga ends but just be there for each other be kind be compassionate 